This podcast is a production of Phoenix Media. Explore more episodes of this show and other great shows on the Phoenix Media Podcast Network by visiting phoenixmedia.us. The views expressed do not necessarily represent those of the company or its advertisers and may contain language that's unsuitable for younger listeners. Laugh it up, fuzzball. I'm about to do to you what Limp Bizkit did to music in the late 90s. Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. Here goes the last DJ. I wash my hands of this weirdness. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. It is Tuesday, September 1st. We are your daily dose of laughs and levity in a crazy, crazy world. Speaking of crazy, I'm joined by my co-host, Tony Sanfilippo. Tony, how you doing on this Tuesday? Doing crazy, I'm wild, I'm hyped up, I'm jacked up, oh yeah. No, I'm good, man. <laughs> good, I'm, I'm awake, I'm here, I'm alive, it's a beautiful day, it's my buddy Ryan and Aaron's wedding day, it's a great day, no complaints. Nice, congratulations. We uh, took yesterday off, uh, had a little bit of a uh, scheduling thing happen, but uh, we are back with a brand new show today, and I think it'll be a good one. Oh, I think so, too. It, it's going to be a fun one, as it usually is. And even when they are probably not as fun as we hype, they end up being pretty damn good anyway. So I would agree. Uh, buddy, how was your weekend? Good, good. I uh, had the niece and nephew over. Uh, it was uh, quite a busy weekend, but made it to the movies, which uh, I, I love that uh, movie theaters are open again. And uh, it's it's nice that things are slowly starting to come around a little bit. Absolutely, my friend. Absolutely. We'll definitely discuss movies in the entertainment news today. Perfect. Spoiler alert. Well, before we get there, let's go ahead and kick things off as I do each and every day with a question from my co-host. Tony, you know that uh, hoarding is a thing out there in the world. Obviously, there was a whole TLC show uh, based around that. Have you ever known a hoarder or uh, have seen a hoarding situation? Yeah, I, I was a whore at one time in my life. Yeah, <laughs> I, I like whoring. Whoring is fun. Ho hoarding. Oh, you mean hoarding. 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 Yes, I'm yes, yes. I'm Big kidding. different. I knew, <laughs> I knew you said hoarding. I just wanted to be silly and wacky. That's yeah, I've known a few hoarders in my day. Um, God rest her soul. My mom, I think, was kind of a hoarder in not a gross way, but she hoarded some weird stuff. But not. It wasn't ever uh, overly disgusting like. Uh, Oh geez, I've seen. <laughs> I'm not gonna out anybody. No, um, no, don't out anybody. Been, but... No, but I've yes, I've been around people that just it's insanity how much they hoard. They don't want to let stuff go, and mm -hmm. it's gonna be worth something one day. And it's like, no, you're stacking National Enquirers. It's not gonna be worth all that much one day. Just say. <laughs> no, definitely not. But no. yeah, there are people who have a hard time giving things up, or they have sentimental value, or they just collect things, like you said, that they think will be worth something someday, when that's really not the case. Right. 
So uh, all of that goes to say, and I love trying to uh, outdo any story that you've got. So police in Sedalia, Missouri, said 78 cats were recovered Wednesday from a small home on South Prospect Avenue. Two people, 37-year-old Ferdinand Bukayan and 59-year-old Teodora Dalup. Delumpines. Wow, that's a hard. Delumpines. He's a little hoarder. He has a bunch of cats. <laughs> hey, 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 hey. Were arrested and charged of, with animal abuse and neglect. Uh, those charges are pending. Authorities said that uh, many of the cats were in need of immediate medical care. Deceased kittens were found in bags inside the home, and 27 deceased cats were found buried in the backyard. Quote. The walls were covered in mucus and snot from these cats. <laughs> said, Disgusting. Come on, man. Said, you live in filth. Said Randy Batson, manager of the Sedalia Animal Shelter. I think every single one of them, at a bare minimum, has an upper respiratory infection. Many of them have far more serious conditions to recover from. An anonymous tip first about unhealthy animals living in the home first alerted authorities to what they are calling an extreme animal hoarding situation. Batson said it was a team effort between police, fire, and the Pettis County Animal District, Missouri Coalition of Animal Care Organization, University of Missouri Shelter Medicine Program, Missouri Humane Society, and various animal shelters from around the region that took weeks to coordinate. Um, that's about as extreme of a hoarding case as I have ever heard. And, you know, it being in dog rescue here, you know, I've seen some pretty bad, uh, you know, dog hoarding situations, but, uh, 78 cats in a home, walls covered in that's, mucus. No, thank you. That's, that's too damn much. Now I'm not going to say his name, but the, a fella that I may have worked with at one time, I'm just say may, uh, he was, a. Uh, you know, with animals like that, there was reports that he was a pretty extreme um, order of the animals. Like I've heard reports, his house was thrashed because of so much of that. But that's disgusting, man. Uh, it's just, especially with cats, pissing everywhere and stuff. It's oh, you, know, you cool cats and kittens. No, no. It's <laughs> yeah. just well, it, anytime it involves you know living beings. Um, you know, they, I feel so bad for those cats, but uh, hopefully they all find good homes and uh, end up in situations that are, are much safer than this one. Yeah, it's it's not it's not fair to the cats, but dude, they'll run rampant, and I just don't know how people live their life like that. I, I don't get it. It's disgusting. I'm not judging you if you watch the show and you do that. Um, I'm just saying. I personally just think it's disgusting. That's all. When it comes to cats or animals, I'll, I'll judge a little bit. I'll be a little judgy. <laughs> well, folks, it is Tuesday. We've got a hell of a Oh, is it? It is. We've got a hell of a show lined up for you. Let's talk about today's show, shall we? This is Taco Tuesday. As we do on Tuesdays, we have Rank It With Tony. We have a segment called Get Schooled. Our call-in topic today is scariest non-horror movie that you've ever seen. We have a segment called And Then I Got Fired. We have This Day in History, and up next, Tony is here with the entertainment news. Folks, don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Are you shy and don't want to talk on the air? Text us your questions or comments. 
to 775-237-2266. Now back to the show. And we are back. This is the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. It is Tuesday, September 1st. Now, we've got a little thing called the Phoenix Line. It's a a 24-hour-a-day, seven-day-a-week voicemail line, giving you guys, the listeners and watchers, an opportunity to chime in on just about anything you want. Could be something related to the show. Could be not related to the show whatsoever. All we ask is that you keep it entertaining. That number is 855-PHOENIX-RADIO. That's 855-F-E-N-I-X-R-D-O. Or 855-336-4973. We will compile those together and put them out in a future show. Now, it is the second segment of this show, and Tony's here with the entertainment news. Good morning, everybody. It is September 1st, 2020. Can you believe it? It's a new month. Um Shout out to Herb Mays, Timothy Lawrence, Eva Mayer, and Billy Smith for joining us on the Phoenix uh, page uh, stream. But let's get into the Filippo Fast Five. All right. Jesse Metcalf and Haitian Vernon Davis, who's a former football player and a Bronco, would join ABC, will join ABC's Dancing with the Stars for se- uh, season 29. They joined former Bachelorette. Caitlin Bristow and Backstreet Boys, AJ McLean. What about uh, Carol Baskin? Uh, the, she hasn't been one hundred percent confirmed yet. So oh, okay. That's just that's the cast. I'll keep you posted when the Carol Baskin shows up on there. All right. Les Leslie Hamilton Freyas, Terminator star Linda Hamilton's twin sister and stunt double, unfortunately passed away at sixty three over the weekend. Oh. Candace Cameron Burr's twenty year old son Lev. <laughs> Wait, what's her last name? Burrs, I think it's like it's probably yeah, I've got a Filippo something. This I, I think it's Bure. Is it Bure? Yeah, oh, Okay, Bures. sorry. Go ahead. No, it's it's Burrs from now on. Candice Burrs. Uh, well, anyways, congrats to her son Lev. He's engaged. GI Joe spinoff movie Snake Eyes has been pushed back to October 2021. That was due out this month. I got pushed back till next really? year. And Netflix has taken Cobra Kai from an obscure hit that I think only me and five other people watched to the number one show in America over the weekend. It was the most streamed show on Netflix. So Cobra Kai, go get you some. That was your five. Let's roll into the news. We're going to start it out with, unfortunately, um, disappointing and sad news. Uh, just awful. Uh, Chadwick Boseman who played Black Panther. Unfortunately, he passed away over the weekend at 43 after a battle with Colin Cancel. Colin Cancer. Wow, cancel. I hate cancer. It should be canceled. <laughs> there you Talking go. about that. But, uh, yeah, unfortunately, just shocking news. I got yeah. the text from you. Uh, I don't know. Was it? Uh, it was Friday night. It was, yeah. Um, yeah, so it's been heavy on the weekend. That was already a tough day as the day my uh, buddy was laid to rest. So, you know, not that I knew Chadwick, but I mean, just what an awesome actor. Um, and an all-around a good guy, yeah. Yeah, it's just sad. And he kept it real private. He had been battling uh, colon cancer for four four years, right? Yeah. yeah four yeah. years. Uh, obviously, you know him as Black Panther. He also starred. Um, he had passed away in a weird thing. It was on Jackie Robinson Day that he passed away. And uh, of course he played Jackie Robinson in 42. So the MLB did a real awesome thing Saturday. They honored, uh, well, obviously they honored Jackie Robinson on Friday by all wearing 42. They rewore 42 the next day 
and gave Chadwick Boseman a uh, um, an honor. So oh, that's you know, the Rockies did it. Yeah, and a bunch of other teams. He also played James Brown and Get On Up in 2014. Yep. Um, did a lot of great things with the kids and the uh, cancer by dressing up as Black Panther and stuff. So uh, I'm going to just use this as a shameless plug for all men and really anybody. Uh, go get yourself checked. I think you and I are both at that age. If he's had it for four years, that's uh, that's uh, definitely something you want to make sure you they can detect soon. But uh, unfortunately, Chadwick Boseman, uh, Conda forever, rest yep. in peace, uh, passed away at 43. So now we're going to move on from the sad. Let's get into the entertaining, because that's what this is, the entertainment news. So Bill and Ted face the music. Finally hit every it hit theaters on Friday. Excellent! On demand. Yay! Streamed on demand. It, it's, you know, it's out. Uh, well, they set, the uh, music fans set the Guinness World Record for the most people playing air guitar online simultaneously. <laughs> Interesting. Um, yeah, very interesting story here. Um, so um, the movie, uh, which just to get it out, they got a bunch of fans um, just getting online and just playing air guitar at the same time to celebrate the film. 186 participants from over 20 countries around the world completed the virtual jam session with the sport of the Air Guitar World Championships as a part of Make Air Not War initiative. Um, you can watch the video. I'll share the link on our uh, Facebook page. Uh, but uh, if you didn't know, Bill and Ted Face the Music is uh, about 30 years too late. Uh, I don't know if you got a chance to watch it, did you? I did not, no. All right. Well, I'm going to just give you a quick little snippet review. I did watch it. It was good for what it was. Okay. You got to remember when you go into it, yes, they're older. Yes, it looks like uh, Keanu Reeves is in pain playing Ted. Like, he literally looks like he's in pain going, whoa, I don't know, Bill. <laughs> like, he looks super stiff. And uh, Bill's dad, super old. Missy, I don't think it's the same Missy. But uh, nonetheless, I don't want to spoil anything, but just basically, in a nutshell, take Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey, and then what everybody else does nowadays in Hollywood, the old infamous reboot, and blend it all together, and you've got Bill and Ted face the music. Um, it was enjoyable. It was okay. definitely enjoyable. The princesses are completely two different ladies playing the role, but uh, you know what? It was an overall enjoyable film. I would recommend it if you saw the first two. Did Definitely didn't hate it. I took it for what it was. Okay. All right. I'd say that's a fair and, assessment. Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely not crapping on it. And now uh, moving on to the box office. No surprise, you and I can predict the future, Christian. New Mutants was number one. It is the chaos before the tenant storm. Yep. So while the box office is not roaring back to life this past weekend, so much of it has gone from a limp to a hobble in the midst of this pandemic. Theaters continue to reopen around the country, but they are far from back to full steam. Less than 50% of AMC theaters are open around the country, while only 55% of Regal theaters are back in business. Even in theaters where the doors have been unlocked, capacity is only around 30%. More, moreover, theaters have not reopened in the biggest markets, LA and New York City. So to keep that in mind, that explains why the box office is actually pretty low. Um, New Mutants earned around $7 million, um, 
this uh, weekend take the top spot. So, okay. uh, you know, nonetheless, I got to say, I'm going to stray off this and just shoot and look at the camera. Um, but New Mutants, uh, you know, it was really cool. Again, like you, um, we're going to do a quick Tony and Christian movie review here. <laughs> um, and it doesn't have to be nothing major. But, uh, you know, the theater that I went to, the Cinemark here in Fort Collins, it was awesome, man. It was well clean. It was super clean. Mm-hmm. It was There was only probably about, I went to a 2 p.m. matinee on Sunday. And there was maybe about seven or eight people in the theater. It was enjoyable. There was four trailers before the movie. I sat, I got to watch New Mutants finally, and uh, the best way I can assess this in a blender for everybody is take a Nightmare on Elm Street, take the X-Men, throw it in, eliminate Freddy Krueger and the X-Men, and you really got (laughs) New Mutants. Um, It was, you know, it was what it was. It definitely had some issues, but again, if if you don't know the New Mutants at all, like myself, I never read the comics. You don't really know their backstories. I wish they could have explained that a little bit more, but obviously this movie's been in limbo since uh, 1997. (laughs) Not really. It was 2017. Was that pun intended uh, or unintended? Unintended, yeah. But, uh, you know, it's one of those. Oh, no, the 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 limbo. Yeah, the flippo is a joke, yeah. Oh, okay. (laughs) Um, That that was just being a smartass. But the movie, I, I think it was right in the middle. I enjoyed it personally. I wouldn't say it was the greatest movie of all time, but it was better than uh, the Dark Phoenix Last Stand. So I enjoyed it. What do you? What did you think? I know. Well, how was your theater experience and everything with it? I'm right there with you. You know, the the movie itself. You know, we've been waiting for it for a couple of years now. It, it finally came out. Um, I didn't go in with super high expectations, so what I got out of it was uh, a lot more than what I expected. Uh, definitely better than the last few X-Men movies, and I think it has the potential to continue on under uh, Disney and Marvel. Um, the theater experience, you know, we went to Galaxy, which I think nobody knew was really open. We had seven other people in the theater, which ironically, you know, we were about dead center in the theater, and we had uh, a group that was, you know, two seats to the left of us, two seats to the right of us, and right in front of us. So um, not much on the overall social distancing given the size of the theater but um it was a fun experience it was nice to be back in the theaters and uh, you know i'm glad the movie's out and uh i enjoyed it you know i'd give it a, um, a seven and a half out of ten there you go yeah right in the middle magic was awesome the good the yes. girls played uh, uh magic so fantastic um really liked that character had some dark elements uh, in it for sure um, and, uh, Herb Mays, he chimed in on the Phoenix page. He just wants some damn popcorn. Hey buddy, <laughs> me too. I actually didn't eat anything that day. I just went into it, watching it and oh, I enjoyed ha- because the yeah. line for the popcorn was ridiculous. It was super long. Oh really? Like, yeah. There was, yeah. I'm just like, I'm going to go. Yeah. There was nobody at the con- concession stands where we are. And, uh, the galaxy theaters has these oversized pretzels. Oh, I was mm. craving one big time and had it, and it was ugh, highly enjoyable. Oh, very good. Well, I got one last story, and we'll get into the birthdays. All right. uh, but, uh, HBO Max has uh, – oh, go see movies, by the way. Yeah. Like, we're not real critics, but just go see movies. Um, on TV, and then we'll end this entertainment segment. Uh, HBO Max announced that the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air reunion special will take place to honor the show's 30th anniversary. 
Uh, Will Smith and the cast from the sitcom Fresh Prince of Bel-Air uh, will do a special... It just says, for a special honor of the show's 30th, we'll do a special. <laughs> Joining Smith will be cast members to... Ta- oh, gosh. Yeah, I have to really say her name. Tatiana Ali. There you go. Karen you Parsons. Did I, did I get it? You I got it, yeah. Joseph Marcel. Daphne Maxwell-Reed and Alfonso Ribeiro will all be there and recurring and Smith's hip-hop partner DJ Jazzy Jeff will all be on there. Sadly, Uncle Phil will not, but I'm sure they'll pay a nod to him. I'm sure. Um, The special is going to be recorded on September 10th and it will air shortly after. So if you're a fan of The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, there you go. And that's it for your entertainment news today. (laughs) Let's roll on to the birthdays, shall we? Yes, we shall. Oh, yes! All right, so you get double dose birthdays because I had yesterday's birthdays on there. So yesterday's birthdays were Richard Gere. He turned 71. Debbie Gibson and her electric youth are 50. Chris Tucker. (laughs) Hey, you got nothing. Ow! Is 48. Jeff Hardy, WWE wrestler, is 43. And the never-aging Larry Fitzgerald of the Arizona Cardinals is 37. Today's birthdays is it Zendaya, who plays MJ in the Spider-Man, the current Spider-Man films, is 23. Dr. Phil, he's on our uh, commercials. Yep. He's 69. Uh, Chanel West Coast, your favorite person in the world, is 31. My favorite person in the world, apparently, Gloria Estefan is 62, (laughs) and Lily Tomlin is 80. At your celebrity birthdays for September 1st and August 31st, coming at you, baby. (laughs) Well, folks, that does it for the entertainment news. When we come back, we have Rank It With Tony. You certainly won't want to miss it. After these messages, we'll be right back. Want to expand your advertising dollar? Sponsor this or any America Matters program by calling 775-827-8900, extension 2. Now, back to the show. And we are back, folks. This is the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. It is Tuesday, September 1st. Now, many of you are uh, watching us on Facebook Live or YouTube Live as we speak. We're all over social media. We also rebroadcast every evening on the AUN-TV network. That's 13 stations across Northern California and Northern Nevada. Now, if you want to get a hold of me on social media, I'm available at facebook.com forward slash Christian Phoenix Radio. That's Christian with a K. Phoenix with an F. Radio, of course, with an R. Or on Instagram at Christian Phoenix. Tony's also available at facebook.com forward slash Tony.Sanford. Filippo, that's S-A-N-F-I-L-I-P-P-O dot nine four, or on Instagram at Tony.SanFilippo81. Now, being that it is Tuesday, something we do each and every Tuesday is I get into the battle arena with you guys, the Facebook watchers, in a little thing we call Rank It With Tony. It is Rank It with Tony. It is Tuesday, September 1st. What will we do today? What do you think, buddy? What do you think? Well, my guess is it's either TV or movie related, considering those are... uh... (laughs) Typically what we do. Exactly. 
Yeah. Since when did you become the physical type? All right. Today's subject is the worst sequels of all time. Worst sequels of all time. Interesting. All right. And folks, feel free to chime in on our Facebook page. I've covered up the comments section, so I can't cheat. I can't tell. But uh, in any case. I can see you. I'll let you know. Yep. Yep. Tony will uh, let you know. Um, Boy, I'm going to say, God, there's so many out there. Let's go with a sequel. I guess technically it's a prequel to one of my favorite movies of all time, Dumb and Dumberer. Dumb and Dumberer. And I agree with you. That movie was absolutely garbage, but it is not on the list. And we will do the fairness since it's just you, me, and the audience. Every time you say one wrong, I'll tell you one that's not in the top ten. Fair? Sounds good to me. Okay, uh, Sherry Floyd chimed in. Exorcist, the documentary. Good call. But... I, th- I think that was actually uh, their pick for, for scariest non-horror movie. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> never mind. I thought she was chiming in. Sorry. I was like, okay, well, it's not on there, so I'll give you two. Caddyshack 2 was number 11. Okay. And The Exorcist 2, The Heretic, is number 12. So there's two. All right. All right, now I'm gonna let you pick, and then Mike chimed in. Gotcha. But, uh, so I'm gonna your pick. I'm gonna stick with the horror theme there, and actually say Poltergeist Two. That movie was terrible. It was absolutely garbage, but I guess what this <laughs> <laughs> combining <laughs> sound effects now. <laughs> well, it was right there. I figured I could do two. Um, that was a no. Okay. So I'll give you the number 13 was Sex in the City 2. Uh, Mike chimed in with Anchorman 2. I agree. Anchorman 2 was not as good as the first. But, no. Uh, Mikey, not correct, sir. I will give you The Birds 2 Land's End number 14. I didn't even know that was a sequel. Okay. I didn't know it was a movie. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, does it have to be a direct sequel, or are there like a part three or part four anywhere in there? Oh, there's part threes, and there's even up to part fives. Okay. So there's All right. threes and fives. There's Five is the highest, but there is three, four, five, and two, obviously. Okay. I'm going to say uh, Jaws 3. Oh, you are so close, buddy, but... Well, it didn't do that. <laughs> All right, so the next one, uh, Sex in the City 2. Oh, wait, I already You said that one, yep. All right, how about Mannequin 2 on the move? That was okay. uh, with Christy Swanson. That's yeah, that was pretty bad. Number 15, yeah, so that was that one. <laughs> um, boy, when you said I was so close, I could go Jaws 2 or I could go Jaws 4. Um, what will you do? What will you do? Well, I don't think it was the worst sequel. I will say Jaws to the Revenge. Ah, buddy. I went the wrong way. Ah. He went the wrong way. But I'll give you number 15 in this one because I haven't gotten anyone to chime in. Uh, Number uh, number 16, The Next Karate Kid with (laughs) Hilary Swank. Uh, Yeah, that was pretty bad. uh, That was pretty awful. All right. Well, since we're playing a game of Battleship anyway, I'll say Jaws 4, which we know. Yeah, oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! 
Number two answer, Jaws the Revenge. <laughs> I don't agree with that. I, I didn't think it was that bad. It was pretty cheesy, but it wasn't that bad. Yeah. But number two movie is the uh, worst sequel ever. Okay. All right. Um, has anybody else chimed in? Uh, wow. Yep. I got a text from somebody, and they said, Toy Story 4, and I got to tell you... That is not on the list. That was actually a really good sequel. I disagree I with that. Yeah, I, I enjoyed that <laughs> I movie. Did. Yeah, but nevertheless, it was not on there. Here's one I know you and I can both agree on, Tony. I doubt it's in the top ten, but eh, we'll take a shot. Nightmare on Elm Street 2. Uh, that was an awful, awful sequel, but guess what? This is a tough list, huh? <laughs> it but is. I'll give you... Police Academy Mission to Moscow. <laughs> which one was that? Like Police Academy 6? Oh, Jiminy Christmas. Yeah, I don't know. which. It's the seventh. Oh, the my seventh God. One. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Um, you know, I'm going to stick with horror movies and say Halloween 3, which had nothing. I mean, not, 3. Yeah, Halloween 3, which had nothing to do with the Michael Myers saga. Yeah, it had nothing to do. That would uh, something I would definitely say should be on the list, but it's just not. This is a tough one, bro. It is. When you when you read it, some of them you're gonna be like, oh yeah, and some you're not. Um, number eighteen, staying alive with John Travolta. There was a sequel to that. Yeah, oh, you know it, it. That was the sequel to Saturday Night Fever. Yeah. Yeah. Staying alive, number eighteen. <laughs> Uh, live action Aladdin, which I'll give that to, I'll give that to my niece, Annabella. That wasn't the best, uh, but unfortunately, I guess what, bitch? <laughs> <laughs> I, <laughs> I did not mean to hit the coronavirus <laughs> one. <laughs> that sounds bad. I would agree with her. That was a terrible movie. Oh, man. Yeah, no, but that was not correct. But I'll give you Amityville 3D. Okay. That had Lori Laughlin in it. Did it really? Huh. Yeah. Number 19 and Meg Ryan. All right. Uh, let's see. Let's go away from the horror movies over to action. Say Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift. Oh, such a good guess, bro. Your, your brain is picking some bad, good sequels, <laughs> but <laughs> you are striking out. This is a tough one. Uh, Guys 3 was number 20. Was it really? Okay. It was number 20, yeah. Actually, I thought that one was better than two, but okay. <laughs> right. Um, boy. All right. I've got time for one more guess. Oh. Let's go. Uh, oh, what was the Return of the Living Dead? It was the one with the, the, the woman on the cover who was all in goth. Oh. Megan's body or no no it, it was Jennifer's body yeah it was one of the night of the living dead but it was made in the 90s and it was like return of the living dead or, or something along those lines but uh eh, we'll throw that one out there okay and that would be a big fat I told me Randy Savage is not happy with your decision yeah uh, well Tone well, go ahead and take us through the top, top 10. 10 let's see what Ranker thought was the top 10 worst. Are you ready? I'm ready. Here we go. Um, Book of Shadows, Blair Witch 2, starring Jay Leno, Conan O'Brien. 
I I swear to God, that's what it says. <laughs> I don't uh, remember them in that, was, but okay. I don't either. But number ten, that's I don't think they were in that. That's what it says. Uh, Basic Instinct two with Sharon Stone. Forgot that was a thing. Yep, Home Alone three with Scarlett Johansson. <laughs> uh, Super Babies, Baby Geniuses two with John Voight and Scott Baio. Oof. Scary Movie 5 with Lindsay Lohan, Charlie Sheen, and Mike Tyson. It's number okay. six. Okay. Superman 4, The Quest for Peace oh. with Gene Hackman and Christopher Reeve. Yep. Batman and Robin with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh. George Clooney was number four. I agree with that. Speed 2, Cruise Control. The one on the boat with Sandra Bullock. It's number three. Uh, Jaws the Revenge, the only one we got right. Number two, it had Michael Caine and Mario Van Peebles. And the number one piece of crap, all-time horrible sequel, according to Ranker, Son of the Mask, starring Alan Cumming. <laughs> that is your Ranker. I thought you came up with some really good ones, though, because there was uh, some bad sequels. But uh, that just remember, I just picked the Ranker. I don't write them, so... Well, and that goes to show you how many terrible sequels there are out there. Great list, but at the same time, uh, very difficult to guess. Well, folks, that was a difficult one, yeah. When we come back, we have a uh, segment called Get Schooled. So uh, don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Unable to listen to the whole show? A recording of today's program will be available later today. Visit americamatters.us and click on the podcast link. Now back to the show. Now back to the show indeed. This is the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. It is Tuesday, September 1st. Now, if you missed a portion of the show or you want to go back and catch up on any of the previous shows, it's easy enough to do so. Head over to americamatters.us, click on the shows and podcast link, scroll on down to the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. From there, you can get video, you can get audio as well, or head over to wherever you get podcasts. Apple, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, Anchor Breaker, TuneIn, iHeart, about 20 in all. While you're there, be sure to subscribe. That way you always have the latest episode. Uh, leave a review. That way we know what you think. And tell your friends because sharing is caring. Now in this segment, uh, which we've titled Get Schooled, obviously school for a lot of kids is back in session now, whether it is distance learning or a combination of in-school and distance. But one of the things that's hard to deny with school is the social aspect of it. You know, kids don't only learn, you know, what's in the books, but they also learn life lessons and things, uh, what not to say, you know, certain mannerisms. And so I pulled up a list of uh, teachers that shared a time a student made them laugh. Typically, it's because they didn't quite know what they were saying. For instance... This one says, my mom teaches third grade, and when she asked one of her students to describe the differences between the life cycles of frogs and butterflies, the student answered, well, one gets laid in the water, one gets laid on land. <laughs> so uh, a little unclear on the concept of, uh, you know, either that or they need to specify the eggs get laid in the water or the eggs get laid on land. But, uh, you know, you don't know what you don't know, right? That is right. You just don't. <laughs> Here's one I think most every high schooler can share in. says, I overheard one high schooler in the hallway tell another one that he had heard people were hooking up in the bathroom, and his friend said, what? 
I don't even poop in the school bathroom. It's true. I don't know about you, Tone, but uh, back in high school days, uh, man, I held it until I got home. Yeah, no, never. You never, never sure would in the uh, at the old school ski. It just wasn't kosher, man. Oh, there was some horrid, horrid, horrid times walking into the uh, Carson High bathroom. Oh yeah. Apparently, in this case, people are hooking up in those bathrooms. No, nope, no thanks. No. Nope. <laughs> Ah, from the mouths of babes, I was teaching my first graders about comparing and contrasting, and one of my students said, you and I are alike because we're both dramatic. Wow. Ooh. (laughs) That is crazy. Well, and if a first grader uh, has the feeling that a teacher's dramatic, then uh, more than likely they are. Yeah, it's... uh... Wow. <laughs> so that's a sassy kid, that's for sure. I'm dramatic, so it's, it's I learned it from you, which is which is pretty much true. So. Right. <laughs> Here's one where it goes to uh you know, the separation of church and state, obviously with most public schools they don't teach religion, but uh in this case it says one day in my second grade social studies class, I mentioned that Eleanor Roosevelt was a first lady. Well one of my kids got really upset and said, No, Eve was the first lady. Technically, if you believe in that uh, portion of religion, then yeah, she would be right. But I don't think she quite understood the concept of uh, first lady as the reference to a president's wife. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, man. Tony, I think you and I have uh, sort of this vision of the future just based off of this. says one... One day, one of my students called one of her classmates a whore. I pulled her aside (laughs) and asked her what she thought that meant. She said, someone whose house is full of trash and things. A hoarder. (laughs) Yeah, that was me earlier, obviously. A throwback if you're just now tuning in. Christian asked me the question about a hoarding lady, and I was being a smartass, and I kept saying, whoring. I heard correctly. I knew it was hoarding, but I wanted to be funny. And witty this morning. <laughs> well, and the funny thing is, you you haven't seen this list, so you wouldn't no, have even not, known that I'm this was coming up. I'm riding along with the audience on this one. So uh, very strange, you know. It's uh, I think you might be a little uh, have a little premonition in there. Let's move on with the uh, funniest thing that a kid has ever said to a teacher. I was teaching English online to kids and teenagers in China. Well, I asked one of my eighth graders how he would give someone bad news in English. He paused dramatically for a moment and said, "Oh, S." Obviously, he didn't say S. <laughs> he, he pulled. He pulled the Tony. You know, <laughs> FCC regulation fines. Man, cost you forty bucks every time, kid, or double, double on the In and Out Booger. <laughs> I mean, technically, the kid wasn't wrong. I mean, that's how you might give somebody bad news, but at the same time, maybe not totally appropriate for school. Nah. It's funny, man. Like, it, just to hear cussing, like when you're a kid, to hear cussing in school, whether it was another kid or if it was your teacher that let it slip, always <laughs> hilarious. Uh, here's something when, you know, a student tries to give their teacher a little life advice. Says, the best thing I've ever been told was by a kindergartner who said, you should marry a man with rough hands. That way you know he's a hard worker. You know what? I don't necessarily disagree. Rough Hands, ladies. They also, they, they massage. It, it's all good. I'm just saying. Hey, 
Yeah. There you go. That's kind of weird to kind of like squeeze the camera. That's kind of dirty. So. Uh, oh, I didn't see. I'll probably squeeze. see in that the next. That was like a massage. Yeah. 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 You'll see it when you go back and watch. Yeah. yeah. Or in the I next got a ten too seconds. Close to the camera. Yeah. Me and my uh, oversized Silent Bob hockey jersey. <laughs> 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 Ooh, I'm Silent Bill. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> All right, moving on with funny things that students have told their teachers. Says uh, my father used to tell a story about when he was in third grade and not paying attention. Okay, many of us uh, wander off. Says his teacher yelled his name and said, "Who killed Lincoln?" And he quickly replied, "I didn't do it." Oh uh, yeah. Um, a real quick disclaimer, kids. Hooking up in the bathroom is taking your phone charger and going to the wall outlet and plugging it in so you could charge your electronic device. That's what hooking up is, just so you know. <laughs> it's for my niece. She just asked uh, She asked Lacey uh, what that meant. So, oh, yes. You yeah. know, the more you know, just so you know. <laughs> now you know. Hey, <laughs> <Let's... laughs> Chihuahua! Let's move on. Uh, says, I'm a substitute teacher, and one day I was waiting for the kids to get off the bus when a little girl asked when we were going to go to the classroom. I responded, we're just waiting for everyone to arrive. The little girl then asked me what arrives means, and I responded, we're waiting for everyone to get here. And she looked at me disgustedly and said, why didn't you just say that? Arrive? You sound like a princess. Jeez. <laughs> wow, what a little brat. Boy, kids. I watch what I was going to say. Sometimes they get a little spicy too much. Very hot. <laughs> Ooh, here's one you don't want to see in kindergarten. It says uh, one of the kindergartners let out a MFR one day. Oh, no. And as oh, the, no. And as the teacher was taking him to the office, another kid asked what he did. A third kid replied, Do you need an MFing hearing aid? I had a long coughing fit. <laughs> A trio oh, of kindergartners just launching F-bombs. Sometimes kids just don't know. They hear stuff and they do it. I got kicked out of my fifth grade class because um, I called a kid a D-bag. I don't know if I can <laughs> say that word. Can I say that word? Um, yeah. Oh, douchebag. Okay, cool. Yep. I just didn't want to get no FCC fines. So yep. I called a kid a douchebag, and then uh, I got sent to the office, and you know what my, my defense was? And I legit believed it. Um, I'm like, Shredder calls the Ninja Turtles that. <laughs> Apparently, Shredder never really did call the Turtles that. At least not in cartoon, but in my mind, it happened. It landed me out in the hallway for a 10-minute punishment. So. <laughs> kids do say some stuff, and they just don't know any better. That they do. Defending the kids, man. Defending the kids. <laughs> All right, and finally, before we head into the long break of uh, students saying funny things to the teachers says my mom was a fourth grade teacher and one morning a student asked her if she noticed anything different about her my mom didn't and the student student exclaimed i put my glass eye in upside down it's a weird thing all right uh yeah that's a little on the strange one for sure <laughs> well folks that does it for the first hour when we come back we've got our call and topic of scariest non-horror movie you've ever seen don't go anywhere we'll see you guys in about seven minutes Laugh it up, fuzzball. 
I'm about to do to you what Limp Bizkit did to music in the late 90s. Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. Show it is Tuesday, September 1st. We are your daily dose of laughs and levity in a crazy, crazy world. I'm still joined by my co-host, Mr. Tony Sanfilippo. Tony, how you holding up in the second hour? I'm holding. I was going to mimic a button that didn't play, but I'm doing great, buddy. Stupid <laughs> <Even> button. <laughs> That's how I feel, man. There you go. <laughs> it's your boy, Ric Flair, man. Style and profile. I see you're feeling good. I see you're rocking the Avs gear today. I assume that they're uh, doing well on their way to uh, the Stanley Cup Finals. Oh, no. They're they're living living on a prayer, brother. Oh, really? <laughs> they, kicked some, they kicked some ass yesterday. Uh, oh, yeah. We're one away from elimination. But uh, this is sending good vibes. So we're uh, hopefully going to do what the Nuggets have been doing. Like we had our backs against the wall. You know, we looked great in the first series. Now we're in the second round of the playoffs, both abs and nugs, and uh, just getting obliterated. Like, uh, we <laughs> fell 3-1 uh, to one against the Stars, but then we won last night We in kick-ass fashion, and, and now it's 3-2. So we got to win two more in a row to, to get this and just not lose one. So hey, crazier things have happened. Living on a prayer, baby. Yep. Go abs. Go nuggets. <laughs> well, folks, we are in the second hour, and this is the interactive portion of the show where we invite you guys, the listeners and watchers, to call in at 844-790-TALK. That's 844-790-8255. Toll-free from anywhere in the world at the end of this segment. Today's subject is, uh, you know, we were talking a little bit about the New Mutants uh, earlier and how it's... Basically, it was Marvel and X-Men's, uh, actually Fox, because Marvel didn't own them at the time, their attempt to make a superhero horror movie, which uh, in some places, I, I think it played really well to those horror uh, elements. Um, you know, it, weird to see super horror, uh, superheroes and horror movies together, but I think they did it pretty well. And it got me thinking about uh, the scariest non-horror movies. You know, these are movies that uh, you didn't go into with the intention of it being scary, but came out thinking, boy, that was pretty creepy. Yeah, where you're like, yeah, I wasn't expecting that one to be so dark. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, before we get to your pick, Tony, uh, mine is a movie that we've talked about a few times here on the show. And it was a sequel that was made years and years later, actually by Disney, to an MGM movie. And it is Return to Oz. So everybody's familiar with the original Wizard of Oz made by MGM in 1939, and you had Judy Garland, and, and it was pretty much a, a fun, um, just, uh, it was a, a fantasy movie that uh, played really well, more on the fun side. There were a lot of songs. Um, Return to Oz, not so much. Again, uh, not made by the same studio, apparently held a little bit closer to the actual source material, 
starring uh, Feruza Balk, and uh, oddly enough, she was 10 years old in uh, this movie, whereas obviously Judy Garland was, uh, what, 16 years old in the original, even though this was a sequel. And this one was creepy. Basically, they uh, committed her to an insane asylum after they thought she was making up the events of The Wizard of Oz. They put her through electroshock therapy, which sent her back to Oz. And then the villain was a witch that beheaded women and then used their heads as basically accessories. She would take them off, put them on, depending on how she was feeling. And that's just sort of the very tipping point of how creepy this Disney movie was. That just sounds terrifying. I didn't know that's what that was about. That's uh, I was going to say the first Wizard of Oz was kind of creepy in its own right. Uh just like the flying monkeys and all that stuff at the end is a little little creepy (laughs) well uh have you ever seen return to oztone no okay if in fact i thought you were gonna i I, when you said that i actually pictured the whiz with michael jackson his version (laughs) yeah <laughs> no, this movie is on uh, Disney Plus. I know you have Disney Plus, Tony. Well worth a watch. Uh, it holds up. Yeah, it was made in the '80s, and you know has a few '80s-ish moments. But uh, it is a legit creepy movie. That is uh, that is good. Like, <laughs> they got nothing to say on that man, other than uh, Feruza Balk. I picture her as uh, uh, Miss. Miss very Becky Beck, what was her name? Betancourt. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Mama said, Mama said, the, the water boy. She the devil. Uh, Vicky, Vicky, Vicky Betancourt. <laughs> Vicky Betancourt. Well, Tony, I, I suggest you check it out, but uh, yeah, definitely okay. a uh, one of the scariest non-horror movies I've ever seen. Uh, what about your pick, Tone? Well, I was going to say Gremlins, but that classifies as a horror. It does. I mean, the first one, yeah. So, um, I don't, uh, you know, I'm just going to, I didn't really prep for this one. Sorry, man. I didn't have like one lined up that was in unintentionally. <laughs> I know. So I'm going to go with, uh, you know, I thought obviously um, Gremlins 2 was campy. It wasn't very scary, but there was uh, the uh, one scene uh, where the gargoyle, got out and everything and was fighting Mr. Futterman out in public. <laughs> As a kid, that kind of creeped me out. Okay. A little bit, uh, you know. Actually, you know what? Yeah, I'll think about it while we're doing the audience calls. I just didn't really prep for that. Okay. One, so. <laughs> I don't really have anything that frightened me. Well, fo- that wasn't a horror movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, folks, we're going to open the phone lines now. It's eight four four seven nine zero talk eight four four seven nine zero eighty two fifty five. We want you guys to call in with the scariest non-horror movie that you've ever seen. When we come back, it's all about you. So don't go anywhere. We'll be back in a few. To join the conversation, call 844-790-TALK. That's 844-790-8255. Now, back to the show. And we are back. This is the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. It is Tuesday, September 1st. We are in the middle of our call-in topic of scariest non-horror movie. Basically, a movie you went in to see, not expecting it to be scary, came out thinking, boy, that was pretty creepy. 
We want to hear from you guys at 844-790-TALK. That's 844-790-8255. Toll free from anywhere in the world. Give us a call now. Tony, I know uh, uh, the Yandras, uh, good listeners of ours, uh, chimed in with their pick of the scariest non-horror movie. Yes. Yes. Yes, they did. They had chimed in stuff. Um, and then I even thought of one you and I talked off theirs, but we'll read theirs. Okay. Uh, Mike said, the monkeys on wheels in Return of the Oz terrified him more than anything in his childhood. Right. So he's with you. He said it just terrified me. They had the faces um, on the top of their helmets. Uh, yeah. Lacey said, the Crypt Keeper scared me. I had to close my eyes and plug my ears when he came on. Hello, Lucy. <laughs> Um, but that obviously that tells from the crypt was intended to be a scary thing. <laughs> Guy Smiley on Sesame Street freaked me out for some reason too. LOL. Guy Smiley. Huh. I don't remember Guy I Smiley. Don't, I don't know Guy Smiley, but I'm gonna tie into two for you. Okay. So number one, going off Sesame Street into Muppets. I told you off air, Mike and Lacey know this. I hate Sweetums. <laughs> the big monster from the Muppet. He freaks me the F out. I do not like him. You know the the like the Muppet Show at Disney World, like uh-huh. when you're in there and it's a live action Muppets. Yep. Like when he appears, it freaks me out, dude. <laughs> hate it. Okay. Hate him. Hate it. Don't like him. Anyways, um, I I had to read a list to to kind of get the gears going. So maybe this will help you, the listener or the call in, uh, for the call in topic. But uh, Home Alone Two, Lost in New York. Here's why it's creepy. A, you're a kid with no money. Granted, he had credit cards, which technically shouldn't have been allowed to use or anything. But he's alone in New York City. That city alone is intimidating as an adult. It's so damn big. There are so many people. And the fact that Kevin McAllister is out and about willy-nilly trying to survive on his own with, at the time, with no cell phones, no way of getting a hold of his parents, no way if he'll ever be found, and... Meeting the creepy bird lady in the park is freaky. So there you go. That's an unintentionally scary if you roundabout think about the big picture. Well, not only that, but Pennywise the Clown was after him the whole movie, too. Oh, that's right. The original one. Tim Curry. (laughs) Hiya, Kevin. (laughs) You all float down here, Kevin. Folks, we are talking about the scariest non-horror movie you've ever seen. Again, give us a call right now, 844-790-TALK, 844-790-8255. Now, uh, Shari and Eddie Floyd had chimed in earlier, said uh, Exorcist the documentary, which, uh, you know, obviously was all about the making of the movie. But at the same time, there were some creepy things that happened around that, um, which would... Yeah, you know, anytime you're making a, a scary movie, it's one thing. But when there's creepy things that happen within a scary movie, that's a whole nother level. That's like an Inception oh, yeah. level type thing. That is very, very Inception level. <laughs> so I pulled up a list uh, while we are waiting for people to chime in. Uh, one of the movies listed on here I agree with, but I actually uh, have one that's sort of a one-up from that. They have James and the Giant Peach from 1996, which was the claymation. Uh, somebody put, it freaked me the F out when I was a kid. Maybe I just didn't know what was going on, but I still refused to watch it. While there were some weird, creepy moments in that, I would one-up that with the movie Coraline, where that one was legit freaky. You know, they would sew buttons into the eyes of people, and 
you know, if you didn't know what was going on, for sure. Yeah, I don't really remember a whole lot of James and the Giant Peach other than the book. I don't think I ever watched the Claymation movie. I remember the uh, clamshell cover at Video Maniacs. I know exactly what it looked like and everything, but uh, can't recall actually ever watching the movie. <laughs> now, here's a movie that's uh, a little more of an acid trip than anything else, but uh, it had some legit scary moments. Requiem for a Dream from 2000. person says, I saw it once and I still sometimes have nightmares about it, especially the scene at the end where the main character had to get his arm amputated. Ooh, yeah, no thanks. Ooh. Yeah, no, I'm good on that. Um, <laughs> I haven't seen that movie in so long, man. Long time. It's been a while. That might be worth a rewatch at some point. Yeah. Here's one that I remember as a kid was uh, had. I, I love this movie. One of one of my favorites of all time. But uh, had a, a very creepy, terrifying scene. Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory from 1971, when they're on the boat and. Uh, you know, uh, Gene Wilder is, is, you know, telling the rhyme and they've got, you know, pictures in the background of, of centipedes and a chicken getting its head cut off. Um, that was legit creepy at the time. Yeah, I could, I could, I could definitely get down on that. So it's uh, <laughs> creepy. But, folks, we are talking uh, scariest non-horror movie you've ever seen. We would love for you to chime in. Yep. If uh, you are a little shy, you don't want to give us a call at 844-790-TALK or 844-790-8255. You are more than welcome to chime in on our Facebook page in the live video comments section. Woody, Woody chimed in, and he said uh, Toy Story 3 was, was creepy. The part with the incinerator where all the toys were going at the end. Yes. It was pretty dark and creepy for a uh, animated movie. Well, not only that, but uh, Toy Story 4 with the ventriloquist dummies that walked around like oh, zombies. Yo, yeah. Oh, I forgot all about that. Oh. <laughs> oh. Oh. Remember, remember being at uh, Disney World last year um, and right before Toy Story 4 came out, like they had those ventriloquists on the monorails or on the, yeah, the monorail go around, and uh, Mike got a good shot of it. Man, it was creepy. <laughs> Those things were freaky. <laughs> they did a good job in that movie of making them yes, just the right did. amount of creepy. Uh, Mike, or Lacey, chimed in and said, the library ghost at the beginning of Ghostbusters was always the only scary part in the movie. She had to close her eyes. I agree with you, because yeah. I was going to say Ghostbusters kind of as the non-intentionally scary, but then I'm like, well, what was scary about it? I mean, when you're a kid, there was some things, but the, the library part, definitely. Very creepy. Well, not only that, but uh, my younger brother, Alex, when he first saw that, he didn't want to watch Ghostbusters again for another five, six years because of that single point. Because <laughs> so. of that scene. <laughs> <laughs> so... Probably not one of his favorite movies of all time. Continu <laughs> continuing on our list, this one might be scary unintentionally. Somebody put uh, The Cat in the Hat from 2003. Oh, says, yeah, with Mike Myers. Oh. It says, uh, Mike Myers in that terrifying mask and costume will forever scare the crap out of me. It's been 16 years since that movie came out, and I still won't watch it to this day. Oh, dude, I would agree. <laughs> that was He looked freaky in that. You know, my ex... That her the cat in the hat actually used to be the Freddy Krueger of her nightmares. Really? Like she always had yeah, dude, she always had a dream. She said ever since a, as a kid, 
she dreamt that the cat and hat, like his hand would come out of the drain, grab the hat, <laughs> put it on and pop out and then pull her into the drain. So uh, I know she doesn't listen to the show, but right. <laughs> that was one for Big Nightmare. So she hated the cat and the hat. So hey, when qualifies. Mike Myers made it live action, that was terrifying to her. Absolutely just <laughs> not happening. So. Well, here's a movie that, uh, again, a fantastic movie that uh, when you see it as an adult, probably not all that scary. When you see it as a kid, there are some scary moments. The Princess Bride from 1987. Person says, Marriage. Not that part. That part's scary enough, but. says, I was seven the first time I saw it and lost my mind over the rodents of unusual size. I started screaming so loudly that one of my neighbors came over to see what was wrong. Those things were pretty freaky for the time. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It, uh, yeah, he kind of goes back. You had tried to trigger my brain to think of movies on the break, but yeah, you think of some of the Muppets and stuff you saw in Labyrinth and The mm-hmm. Dark Crystal and that, dude, just kind of, they're not creepy movies, but some of their characters are creepy. Ugh, sweetums. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's one that's right up your alley, Tony. Uh, the Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers from 2002. person says it was so creepy how Gollum had two sides to him, like he was fighting against his own devil. The way he kept saying, my precious gave me the creeps, and I still feel it now. Oh, yeah. Shelly hates the Smeagol, man. Yes! Mice, precious, moose masters, moose muscles, yes, moose wizards. <laughs> now, uh, that wasn't what freaked me out. What freaked me out were the giant spiders. I, I oh, yeah, oh, you don't do spiders. I yeah. don't do spiders, yeah. Yeah, that's my own personal terror. But, folks, we still have about a minute, so if you do want to chime in, feel free to give us a call. Chime in! 844-790-TALK, 844-790-8255. We are talking about the scariest non-horror movies, including this kid's movie, Miss Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children from 2016. says the movie still gives me nightmares, especially the hollows with their white eyes and weird bodies. And there's pictures of these two little kids wearing, like, these white masks, like, from the, you know, turn-of-the-century Halloween costumes. and That's pretty creepy. Definitely. You know what I, you know, whoa, I got an echo there. (laughs) You know what I just thought of? Um, As stupid as this is, you know the scene in, whoa, Bill and Ted's bogus journey when they're in hell? (laughs) Like, when they have to go back and it's like the East, like, not the Easter Bunny part so much, but like when, uh. Bill has to see his grandma, and she's like, "Go give grandma a kiss." Oh yeah, and she's chasing that. Was kind of creepy for a for a comedy, you know, yeah. just that part. <laughs> especially as a kid, seeing that, you're like, "Ooh!" And then that big ass rabbit. <laughs> hey, that was a pretty good impression. I like it. <laughs> All right, folks, as we close out this segment, uh, capping things off, a movie I've never seen. It's a documentary from 20, uh, 2006, a movie called Jesus Camp, and it says it's scary because they're real people, and it's even scarier now because it seems so plausible. Not exactly it's in sh- Nebraska, right by Holdridge. Pass it. <laughs> Not sure what Bible it's camp. about, but uh, might be worth checking out. <laughs> Folks, that does it for a call-in topic. When we come back, we have a topic called, And Then I Got Fired. I think we can maybe all relate. Don't go anywhere. Tell performance. <laughs> we'll be back in a few.
Are you shy and don't want to talk on the air? Text us your questions or comments to 775-237-2266. Now back to the show. And we are back. This is the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. It is Tuesday, September 1st. Now, we talk about it a couple times each show. It is the Phoenix Line. It's a 24-hour day, -day 7-day-a-week voicemail line, giving you guys the opportunity to call in, leave a message on any topic whatsoever. Maybe you're listening to us in a replay and want to chime in on the scariest non-horror movie that you've ever seen. Well, guess what? You can do that. Give us a call at 855-PHOENIX-RADIO, that's 855-F-E-N-I-X-R-D-O, or 855-336-4973 for the alphanumerically impaired. Again, can be on any topic whatsoever, just check in, tell us how you're doing. All we ask is that you keep it entertaining. We will compile those together and put them out in a future show. Now, this next segment is titled, And Then I Got Fired. You know, I think uh, most people at some point in their life have been fired for something. Um, not to brag, but uh, happily, I have never been fired. I've uh, left jobs, but uh, never been fired. In fact, Tony even uh, mentioned at the end of the last segment, Teleperformance, where uh, at one point I, I left for lunch and didn't come back one day. But uh, most people have been fired at least one time in their life. Uh, what about you, Tony? You ever been fired from a job? No, I got, uh, I've quit. I've always quit jobs. I've never been fired. Um, I almost got fired from uh, Hollywood video. Um, that's when I was a manager there and we had no security cameras. And then I hired a bunch of my high school buddies, which was super smart. Um, some worked out well, but the other were, uh, Jack. I remember they were taking stuff and then, it happened on my watch, so they had to. They let those guys go, and then they just told me basically I could quit or they were going to let me go. Right. And so I, uh, I said, "Well, this is BS." I'm like, I didn't do anything. I was in the back closing tills. You know, you don't have security cameras. It's not my fault. They're stealing stuff. And, yep. And long story short, you know, they said, "Well, it happened on your watch, so it's your." And I'm just like, "Okay, cool." And you know what? It set me on a perfect journey. It sent me over to uh, teleperformance where I then met my wife and led me to Colorado. And it's just how it was all supposed to happen. So there you go. No complaints, you know? You know, sadly, you and I have been on the other side of the coin where we've had to fire people. And that is never easy. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Letting people go. That is very tough. No. No, it's 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 not fun, but unfortunately, it's a necessity sometimes. Well, I've pulled up a list of people who got fired for maybe some more ridiculous reasons. And, uh, you know, maybe you fall into one of these categories. I got a bad feeling about this. For instance, one of these guys on my team was throwing up at his desk. The CEO <laughs> pulled me into his office and told me, do not send him home. I'm not paying for another sick day. I walked out of his office and sent the guy home, and then I was fired. Yeah, that's bogus, man. I, I'm grateful I work for a company that if you're sick, you're sick. You go. You know, I have had a dude puke on himself, and it's not pleasant. <laughs> well, I sent him home. I said, clean up, go home, feel better, get out of here. Well, you also work for a company where it's nearly impossible to get fired. Yeah, oh, it's... Uh, it was uh, pretty, it's, it's pretty tough. You had to be pretty stupid to get fired from there. <laughs> well, there's this one that, uh, again, unnecessarily fired. It says, my wife of 16 years suddenly unexpectedly died in August. My work got mad because I would cry in the office, so I took six weeks off. 
They wanted me back sooner, but I refused. And then I was fired. <sighs> well, it's kind of, if you don't go back, that's kind of the thing, though, right? Yeah. Like, well, eventually, they got to move on. But you get uh, you get bereavement period. You get uh, legally you're allowed to take I think up to six weeks off. And uh, this guy probably had a case if it was here in the U.S. that uh, they can't demand he comes back any sooner. Yeah, no, you take your time. Uh, when my mom passed away in '03, again, uh, my whole life pretty much has been Costco, and they were really good. I literally the day I found out about my mom, I walked out. I didn't tell anybody because I started crying. And uh, yeah, yeah, my grandpa had a call and I was out for, I was out for about a month. I didn't go back to work. So. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, they should respect that uh, you need that time. Luckily, your company did. Fortunately, this yep. person's didn't. Uh, sometimes people are fired for uh, trivial reasons. For instance, trivial uh, says I was on vacation with family I nannied for. The kid wanted to play with, ins with me instead of his mom. And then I was fired. Well, that's what you get for hiring a nanny that uh, takes care of your kids more than you do. Right. So <laughs> that's that's just crazy, crazy. <laughs> Here's another one that, uh, again, more businesses need to uh, help those in need as opposed to taking a stance of, well, they're not showing up, so let's fire them says, I spoke candidly about my mental health and was asked to leave half an hour early twice a or No, wasn't asked to leave. I asked to leave a half hour early twice a month to see a therapist. And then I was fired. Again, I don't know if they legally have justification for firing somebody for that reason. No, you got to make sure everybody's taken care of, um, you know, as far as. Yeah, if you got the issues and stuff, man, you got to be. They have FMLA. They have a lot of avenues you can take. I know. I don't know the whole what you qualify for, things like that. But, uh, yeah, you know, Costco protection and those types of things, too. Like, you know, if you're struggling with stuff in life, there's 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 always other outlets. We have a care network, things like that. Maybe I'm just lucky. I work for a good company. so I'm Yeah, yeah. Here's one where uh, when you go in to uh, join a company, know what you're signing up for, at least uh, understand it up front, and don't let them pull something like this on you. It says, three months in, I'd asked why I hadn't gotten a paycheck on payday. The manager said that I it had been training. I asked why I wasn't told about the resumption of my quote-unquote training. He was using it to cut payroll costs, and then I was fired. Ugh. You know, that it, just sounds like you work for a bad place to just, it's like a cut bait when you make too much money. Right. Like, cause uh, like the, always the thought process is if you want to make money, you gotta, you know, you gotta pay less. Mm -hmm. So if you have newer employees that don't make quite the top out scale, it's easier to run under budget versus having a bunch of topped out employees and all that stuff. Right. Which, again, if you work for the wrong company, that could be a bad thing. Well, and the thing is, if you work for a smaller company where, you know, maybe the income that month or that pay period wasn't great, you know, have a frank conversation with your employees and say, hey, look, you know, we were a little light this month. You know, we'll make it up to you on the back end if you're okay with that. But don't, you know, just deny them the money under the hot auspices of training. Yeah, it's... Uh it's just ridiculous, man. <laughs> Here's one that, uh, again, I think uh, might have, have some legal ramifications. It says, I decided to support my colleagues as they fought for unionization. 
I was a director at Amnesty International. The powers that be refused to give the staff benefits. I was the only director that stood with them, and then I was fired. Oof. And in that case, you know, because they weren't part of the people looking to unionize, I could see why they were probably fired, but at the same time, ooh, that's tough. And you probably wouldn't want to work for a company like that anyway. No, exactly. This is like... Uh you know, you always got to remember, you know your self-worth, you know what you have to offer, and, you know, you take your talents elsewhere. You, you know, you really you go find that place that respects and appreciates everything you have to bring to the table, and if they don't, you know, they don't respect you and like you, go somewhere else. You know? Exactly. Why settle and work for a crap company like that? Yep. Oof. Here's one that uh, unfortunately probably happens more often than people know. It says, I told my employer a coworker abused me, and then I was fired. Oh, uh, yeah, that's wrong. That could, that could be legal ramifications, too, if you're not careful. Man, you can, it's all hearsay, man. You got to investigate, you got to get proof, and you really got to do your due diligence on that stuff. Mm -hmm. It's very easy to say somebody harassed you and stuff, and you got to take all that very serious. And you got to follow through, and you got to get all the details. I mean, you can't just fire anybody over something. Unless you have concrete evidence or proof, you just can't do it. Yep. Here's one sort of along the same lines, but on the opposite side of the coin. It says, uh, I was hurt at work and was told that I was going to be on light duty. Had to open by myself and get heavy car parts, use ladders, and change batteries uh, to myself with an injured foot. I complained to my manager. And then I was fired. Again, you know, you go uh, any sort of uh, workers' comp or, or um, you know, health concern should be taken seriously at work. Oh, absolutely. I mean, we are all human. At the end of the day, um, there's going to be, um, you know, there might be things. You get sick, you get injured. You just want to make sure that you're covered because you never know. You could be healthy one day and the next day all of a sudden you start having health problems. It, it, it just happens. So you get older um, and you want to make sure like your job's secured. And I, I think that's why like you want to be a part of a good company that has short-term disability. Mm -hmm. um, you have good communication with your upper management and your administration office and let them know what you've got lined up. Cause if you, you can't just, just stop showing up and say you don't feel good and, and that you'll put yourself in a bind. So if you know, you're going through some stuff, man, you want to let everybody know uh, upper wise, you know, that's important to protect your job. Exactly. And then finally, as we head into the break, it looks like here's another company that was trying to save a buck and ended up uh, firing somebody for it. it. says, wrote an email saying we needed to buy more software licenses that went unnoticed for two weeks until errors began occurring. And then I was fired for not updating the licenses. You know, you, you ask for it and then get fired for something that they oversaw. Not right in my book. But folks, that does it for our topic of And Then I Got Fired. Come on back. We're heading to the final segment of the show with This Day in History. Want to expand your advertising dollar? Sponsor this or any America Matters program by calling 775 827-8900, extension 2. Now, back to the show. 
And we are back to the final segment of the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. It is Tuesday, September 1st. Now, if you missed a portion of the show or you want to go back and catch up on any of the previous shows, it's easy enough to do so. Head over to americamatters.us, click on the shows and podcast link, scroll on down to the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. From there, you can get video, you can get audio as well, or head over to wherever you get podcasts. Apple, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, Anchor, Breaker, TuneIn, iHeart, Doozer, Dozer, Geezer, Gozer. Are you a god? Oh, you scared me. Yes, I'm a god. <laughs> Not really. Uh, but you always say yes, as we have learned from Ghostbusters. You just got to say yes, yes. <laughs> Otherwise, it, you're in trouble. Yep. You summon, stay puffed. But uh, while you are there, folks, be sure to subscribe so you always have the latest episode. Leave a review, let us know what you think, and tell your friends. Because why, Tony? Sharing is caring. Sharing is caring. Speaking of sharing, we are going to share with you now a few uh, tidbits of information as we do each and every day. Hopefully make you laugh a little bit. It is This Day in History. Us in the globe for the stories that turn the world on its head. It's This Day in History with your correspondent on the beat. Christian Phoenix. <laughs> Get you every time. Still makes time. me laugh. Yeah, still makes me laugh. <laughs> Christian Phoenix. Ah, oh, a little help from Siri there. But uh, in any case, let's go ahead and kick things off with this day in history. This day in 1535, French navigator Jacques Cartier reaches Montreal. Hopefully, uh, he uh, whipped himself up some poutine there because I got to say, poutine is probably one of the best things to come out of Canada. We oui, will oui, we'll Tim Hortons. Eh, Montreal, you yeah, know, no. <laughs> I really want to go to Canada. I'd like to I'd like to see like uh, Montreal, Calgary or uh, Toronto. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's some there's some cool provinces out there in Canada, eh? Yep, clean cities don't go during the middle of winter. Quite cold. Yeah, nope, that'd be a summer-type destination, don't you know. <laughs> Moving on this day in history, this day in 1715, King Louis Fourteenth. wow, that's a lot of Louis, of France. There is a lot of Louis. How many drumsticks are they? Oh, I don't know. Uh, drumsticks! King Louis... Mukbang! <laughs> King Louis Fourteenth of France dies after a reign of 72 years, the longest of any major European monarch. To live at least 72 years old in 1715, oof. I mean, that, that is a long, long life. Hey, it's a hell of a life. That's a lot of flipping Louis, man. <laughs> All right. And could you only imagine what uh, Louis the Fifteenth felt like? Just waiting for his oh, time? Oh, just not as cool as Louis the Fourteenth, but I'm better than Louis the Eleventh because I can triple wing it. Mukbang. <laughs> Moving on this day in 1752, the Liberty Bell arrives in Philadelphia. What I don't know is if it arrived with the crack in it or the crack developed later. Uh, that's a good question. Um, don't know. I was going to give you a, a Rocky impersonation, but I don't do that so well, so I'm not going to do it. <laughs> I, th I think that's appreciated. If, if Ryan was still here, he'd bust out a bitch in Sylvester Stone, that's for sure. Yeah, he would. Moving on this day in 1785, Mozart... Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart publishes the Sixth String Quartet Opus 10 in Vienna. Again, I don't know what their naming was behind these, but uh, they can get pretty confusing. They can. You can catch Mozart in the new Bill and Ted movie, Bill and oh, Ted Face Music. Spoiler Mozart's alert. Yeah, just a little bit. <laughs> Gosh! 
Here's one for the fans of uh, Hamilton, which recently came to Disney+. Plus. In 1807, Aaron Burr acquitted of charges of plotting to set up an empire. Don't know the it's story behind the that. array, like earlier? <laughs> no. Better? <laughs> All I remember is the uh, Got Milk commercial, where uh, it's the uh, Hamilton Aaron Burr Museum guy trying to call in to win a contest, but he's got his mouth full of cookies and gets online and goes, oh, uh, and he doesn't win. <laughs> a little bit of a callback. All right, moving on. This day in 1878, the first female telephone operator starts work. Her name is Emma Nutt, and she comes from Boston. In Boston, my khakis. Hey, you like my khakis? You see where my khakis are. <laughs> Speaking of Boston, this day in 1897, the Boston subway opens, becoming the first underground rapid transit system in North America. I would have thought oh, New York, cool. but there you go. I would have I would have picked New York as well on that. When you think subways, I think of the gross sandwich shop or the actual substations down in uh, New York City. <laughs> New York City. Whoa, get scary. Get the rope. Man, another call back <laughs> to an old commercial. Wow. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> All right, this day in 1905, Wilfred Laurier oversees... Oh, Al Wilfred, you handsome son of a gun. Ooh. <laughs> oversees Alberta and Saskatchewan joining the Confederation of Canada. Um, there is a fantastic uh, bit that... Uh, um, Jim Gaffigan does in his latest uh, comedy special on Amazon Prime, all about Canada and, and how it's divided up. Well worth checking out. Oh, yeah? I'll have to watch it. <laughs> that you will. That you will. Let's uh, move on to baseball history. This day in 1931, future base baseball stars. Baseball <laughs> Hall of Fame first baseman Lou Gehrig hits a third Grand Slam in four days and the sixth homer in consecutive game in the New York Yankees' 5-1 to win over the Boston Red Sox. Man, that guy was just either a hell of a baseball player or baseball was a lot easier back then. It's crazy. All you hear about is, like, if you can go back in time, man, the Yankees were just stacked, man. Babe Ruth, Lou Gehrig, Ty Cobb. Oh, man. Just they had all the big guys, you yeah. know? What, who else was on other teams, you know? Oh, yeah, Babe Ruth. Here, who, a couple of things, yeah. Yeah, a, a guy who could walk out smoking Mickey a cigar. Mickey Mantle and, was on the Yankees, Jiminy. Yep. Here's one we don't talk about World War II that much because, for the most part, it's depressing. But uh, this day in 1939, in the quote-unquote scoop of the century, Telegraph journalist scoop. Claire Hollingworth becomes the first to report the outbreak of World War II. Ooh. I guess prior to that, we had no idea. It just came out of left field. Yep. That it did. Uh, let's see. No, that's kind of boring. Um, <laughs> I was going to say uh, it was a television station in Omaha begins broadcasting. Eh. Omaha! Hurry, hurry! <laughs> I should have known. I should have known. It was coming. This day in 1949, the first detective, or sorry, network detective series called Private Eyes premieres. And then after that, I mean, you couldn't get away from detective series even into this day. I mean, I think CBS is made up of nothing but detective series and uh, Chuck Lorre shows. Yeah, detective shows are great, man. I, I enjoy them. I've been, uh, I've been binging Lucifer, man, on Netflix. Detective. Oh, man, that's a good show. 
Yeah, a uh, sort of out of the box detective show. Yeah, I like that one. I'm hooked on it. Here's hooked. one. Here's one that I like. I I love studying him back in film school. This day in 1954, Rear Window, directed by Alfred Hitchcock, starring James Stewart and Grace Kelly, is released. He had some great thrillers back in the day. You know, they oh, don't, especially yeah. They don't hold up to the thrillers of today, but you know, you got to think back into you know 1954 terms, and those were groundbreaking. Yeah, it, well, the Birds was a real popular one. We went to uh, Bodega Bay in California, um, where they filmed the Birds, and we actually stayed there. And uh, kind of a creepy, uh, ominous, ominous town. Uh, but if you think back in the early days of black and white horror films, man, what a great place to film that. Wow. Yeah, you know, definitely. Good stuff. Moving on this day in 1969, while he wasn't a great guy in his personal life, he did some great things for those with muscular dystrophy. Jerry Lewis's fourth muscular dystrophy telethon premiered this day in 1969. All righty. Good to know. Good to know. Good, good stuff there, friend. Good stuff. Here's something we don't get very often. We talk uh, baseball, football, the occasional sports news. Well, this day in 1972, American chess grandmaster Bobby Fischer beats Russian champion Boris Spassky 12.5 to 8.5 in Reykjavik, Iceland, the most publicized world title match ever played. Fischer is the first American to win the title. Uh, don't really follow chess, but uh, the name Bobby Fischer, as it's related to chess, is pretty synonymous. Yeah, I was. I always remember the movie as a kid, searching for Bobby Fischer. Now, was that movie actually about chess, or was that uh, something completely different? I think it was just about him. I I don't really remember the movie. I don't either. I just remember. I remember uh, the box art, and uh, yeah, I don't know. I remember right. it being on HBO a lot. All right. Moving on this day, 1978, a little bit of a callback to something we were talking about earlier. The horror film Dawn of the Dead, written and directed by George A. Romero, starring David Emge, Ken Forey, and Scott Reiniger, premieres in Toronto. Ooh, Reiniger. What a thought. And folks, as we get into the last minute of uh, this segment, before we head out for the show, we've got uh, holidays for today. There are a lot of them, so let's go ahead and get through them. Obviously, we were talking chess. Today is American Chess Day. That makes sense. Today is Chicken Boys Day. have no idea what that is aside from the uh, character that uh, um, Bruce Willis played in Friends. It is Emma M. Nut Day, the first uh, uh, telephone operator, female telephone operator there. Ginger Cat Appreciation Day. That seems quite... Ginger cats. They're a little snappy. <laughs> Quite specific. National No Rhyme No Reason Day. I don't see any rhyme or reason to that day. And a day that makes no sense to me. National Toy Tips Executive Toy Test Day. No rhyme or reason there. Toy like a toy Folks, that does it for today's show. We will be back with an all-new episode tomorrow, being a Wednesday with Animal Tales. We'll see you then. 